Hello, my name is Bidem Yologunde and you are listening to episode 161 of the Bid Picture Podcast. So in this part 4 of a 5-part series on cryptocurrency addiction, I'll talk about the expensive private clinics where they treat crypto addictions and how inquiries about crypto-related problems have increased at those clinics by about 300% since 2018. So for this series, you don't need to listen to each part sequentially. However, please make sure you listen to all five parts as each one covers essential information regarding cryptocurrency addiction. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So SR is an entrepreneur in his early 30s and he lives in Manila in the Philippines. He began experimenting with cryptocurrencies for the usual reasons boredom, curiosity, the fear of missing out, and so on. He started with Bitcoin and discovered that he liked the rush. He progressed to Ethereum and then to more toxic tokens with more considerable risks and bigger thrills. He spent hours every day hunting for digital treasure on his smartphone. The ups made his pulse quicken and the downs left him strung out. He said he gave up morning prayers and spending time with his baby daughter. Instead, he scrolled on Reddit and chased the action full-time. Whenever he wasn't trading crypto, he was thinking about trading crypto. And according to him, he basically became an addict. So the idea that it is possible to become addicted to cryptocurrency might be contentious but it is not far-fetched, particularly in the lucrative addiction treatment industry. From a $90,000 per week Swiss clinic to relatively inexpensive teletherapies, crypto of all things has come to rehab. So admittedly, the development is a footnote to the grim story of addiction today. Only a tiny fraction of people who dabble in things like Bitcoin will ever face problems. And the precise clinical terminology is even up for debate. However, both the scientific understanding and the popular viewpoints are shifting. Very recently, psychiatrists have been zeroing in on addictive disorders involving behaviors. Gambling disorder was only officially recognized as a behavioral addiction by the U.S. medical community within the past decade. Pathological gambling, which was recognized earlier, was considered an impulse control problem. The latest edition of the American Psychiatric Association Manual, sometimes referred to as the Bible of Psychiatry, lists an excessive preoccupation with online video games as deserving more research. So nowadays, a growing number of mental health professionals are adding an asterisk to the guide to designate cryptocurrencies as a trouble spot, similar to gambling, and in some ways, more insidious. Scientists have long suspected what Wall Street has always known, our brains lost after money. The same reward circuits in the brain are responsible for both the highs from using cocaine and the thrills of buying Dogecoin. Researchers have even linked an elongated version of one neural receptor called dopamine receptor number 4 
to a tendency toward financial risk taking. So whatever the formal label, the problem that people like SR in the Philippines have experienced reflect the convergence of powerful cultural forces. For example, much has been said of the supposedly addictive qualities of Robin Hood, the popular free trading app that has lured millions of amateur day traders into trading in racy meme stocks. Many experts have drawn comparisons between the addiction to those kinds of apps and gambling disorder. Experts say that underlying problems like depression or substance abuse often worsen these situations. However, three things set cryptocurrencies apart. The first is novelty. 14 years after Bitcoin was supposedly invented by the mysterious person or persons known as Satoshi Nakamoto, cryptocurrency still feels like a new thing. The second thing is volatility, and with it, the dopamine rush thrills of high-wire trading. And then there is a third and big one. Despite the craziness that prevail on the fringes of crypto, established tokens have taken on the air of legitimate investments. That makes it easier for people to rationalize speculative bets that, in some cases, are little more than a throw of the dice. In addition, cryptocurrency plays out globally 24-7 with the swipe of a smartphone or the click of a mouse. So experts say that all three characteristics can be a recipe for serious trouble. So earlier, I mentioned a $90,000 per week luxury Swiss clinic where they treat crypto addictions. The place is known as the Paracelsus Recovery Clinic, and they treat a wide range of mental suffering discreetly. Amenities there include butlers, personal chefs, chauffeured limousines, and more. Behavioral addictions that are handled at this clinic include some that don't appear in conventional diagnostic manuals, such as plastic surgery addictions, pornography addictions, exercise addictions, work addictions, shopping addictions, and more recently, cryptocurrency addictions. Clients at the Paracelsus Recovery Clinic undergo therapy with a team of three psychotherapists. In addition, according to Jan Gerber, who runs the private clinic, personal trainers, nutritionists, yoga teachers, acupuncturists, and more all attend to clients. Mr. Gerber says inquiries about crypto problems have increased by about 300% between 2018 and 2021. So a thousand miles away in Scotland, specialists at another private clinic called Castle Craig are seeing similar trends. The therapist who worked there said Castle Craig has treated over 100 people with cryptocurrency problems since 2016. Some arrive to cope with alcohol or drug use, but their crypto addiction problems are only discovered much later. So 50-year-old S.E. went to Castle Craig for a variety of reasons. He was working as a tunnel miner in London when he got into spread betting, a speculative derivative strategy that is banned in the United States. So S.E. started trading crypto early, around 2015, and promised himself that he would become a Bitcoin millionaire. Back then, 
Bitcoin was trading at around $240 and SE said he was buying four or five tokens per week. He spent hours poring over charts in his house where he had relocated while rebuilding his mother's house. He loved the high of a trade that goes right, but the losses were also thrilling. According to him, he struggled with other addictions and cocaine was a big one for him. He spent all of his earnings on either the crypto market or binging on crack cocaine, and he felt he could swap both habits. According to him, if he didn't have cocaine, he was reasonably happy gambling. So he said he was always chasing the next high and he was never satisfied even after getting it. Then he finally hit rock bottom after realizing that deep down, maybe he didn't really want to be rich at all. He would trade his way up from maybe £1,000 to about £100,000 and then lose it all. He would go into debt, grow angry and resentful and continue to see the pattern repeat itself. So at Castle Craig, his days are filled with reading, lectures, and even penmanship, which is supposed to build a sense of routine. Part of his treatment has involved speaking with the media about his experiences. However, he still fixates on Bitcoin charts. So back in Manila in the Philippines, SR said he has found strength in his faith. He quit crypto trading cold turkey, sold all his cryptocurrencies, uninstalled all his trading apps and returned to Reddit. But this time, he went on a forum where posters poke fun at crypto trading rather than promote it. According to him, crypto trading is like any other addiction that could destroy your life if you don't take care of it. So to wrap up, I talked about the expensive private clinics where they treat crypto addictions and how inquiries about crypto-related problems have increased by about 300% since 2018. So that's all I have for this episode 161, which is part four of a five-part series on cryptocurrency addiction. Thanks for listening. Beat Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer, Sergey Gorsky. Graphic design, Stacey Graham. Senior producer, Abidemi Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurities, news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Beat, as well as on the Wisdom app at BDME. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.